This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Welcome to PowerPlay, a series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm Danson Cheong, SD's China correspondent based in Beijing. And I'm Carissa Yong, ST's US correspondent based in Washington. Every month, the both of us will look at various facets of the US-China rivalry and its implications for Asia. Well, Carissa, so much has been happening since our last episode. Uh, the war in Ukraine is still grinding on uh, and, and Shanghai is under lockdown, uh, You know, with China going through its worst COVID-19 outbreak since the start of the pandemic. But today, we're not going to talk about any of that. No, instead, we're going to be talking about China's fluffy and cuddly diplomat, pandas. So here in Washington, D.C., the National Zoo just celebrated its 50th pandaversary. So it's been 50 years since a pair of giant pandas arrived in 1972. And they were gifted by China to the U.S. following President Richard Nixon's historic visit to China that year. So China got two musk oxen from America in return. So now there are three zoos in the U.S. with giant pandas, the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., which I happen to live pretty close by, and Zoo Atlanta, and the Memphis Zoo. The San Diego Zoo used to have pandas too, but they were returned in 2019. But Carissa, um, what do Americans really think of these pandas? That they're adorable. They love them. The D.C. Zoo has three pandas, Meixiang, Tiantian, and the cup Xiaoqiji, which means little miracle. He was born in 2020. There's actually a video that went viral here during a snow day of this year of one of the adult pandas sliding down a hill, head first, belly up, all its arms and legs outstretched. You know, living the good life. And there was also a video of Xiao Tizi romping around in his first snow. So that footage came from the zoo's panda cam, which anyone can watch live anytime. And as for the pandaversary celebrations this month, the pandas got treats and a cake. And there were festivities like a lion dance for the humans. And the human visitors to the zoo also got treats because the zoo was selling panda cookies, panda ice cream, even a panda mojito. So they have become perhaps the most significant way or mode of animal diplomacy. Yeah, you know, speaking of animal diplomacy, uh, gifting animals, uh, you know, is an ancient form of, of, you know, kind of building ties between uh, different countries. You know, it's been going on for as long as you've had things like uh, sultanates, uh, kingdoms or dynasties. And animals make great gifts because, you know, when people look at it, uh, look at these animals, it brings to mind the country uh, that they come from. Right. And the panda is the quintessential Chinese icon. Exactly. And, you know, and they're found nowhere else other than the forests of southwest China. And, uh, you know, people just find them so appealing because, uh, you know, scientists say they, they remind us of children with their big round eyes, their round faces and, and human-like mannerisms. You know, in, in Beijing's own words, uh, its pandas serve as uh, friendly ambassadors and bridges of friendship uh, with the outside world. And pandas have come to represent what I think Beijing feels its influence should be like, you know, big and powerful, but, but beloved and, and benevolent at the same time. So at the moment, there are about 70 of these animals outside of China in 18 countries. And virtually all pandas in zoos abroad belong to Beijing. So China has stopped giving these, these animals to foreign countries about 15 years ago. So instead, they're, they're sent out on, on these uh, very long-term loans uh, where recipients uh, typically pay an annual fee of about uh, 1 million US dollars. And under these agreements, all cubs that are born overseas also must be returned, uh, usually when they turn about two years old. 
But you know, Chris, what I really find interesting about pandas is that, uh, you know, while they have become such great ambassadors for China, the story of how China has managed to reap uh, the diplomatic dividends, uh, so to speak, from this critically endangered animal really has its roots in scientific cooperation with the U.S., yeah, since 1972, pandas have been an area where America and China have mostly cooperated pretty well together. It's been called a conservation success story. You know, their cooperation has helped boost captive reproduction. Together, U.S. and China experts in panda reserves figured out many wild panda habits like mating, reproduction, foraging, movement, and habitat use. And they also developed over the years artificial insemination expertise. So again, I'm going to reference the DC pandas here. You know how I mentioned that Xiao Titi was born to Mei Xiang in 2020. So what's remarkable about this Denson is that Mei Xiang is the oldest panda in the US and is actually the second oldest panda in the world to be documented to give birth. And Mei Xiang is 23 and female pandas can generally breed into their early 20s. And Xiao Titi's birth was also a US zoo's first successful birth via artificial insemination using only frozen semen. So actually, this was like a pandemic story because the zookeepers chose to use frozen semen, which is quite rarely done, instead of collecting a fresh sample from Tian Tian because this was during the pandemic and before the vaccine. And what they wanted to do was limit the number of humans in one place at one time. But the gamble paid off. It sounds like... Panda conservation has, has come a long way. Yeah, so, you know, it was down to just over 1,000 bears in the 1980s, but the species has since been removed from the list of animals in danger of extinction. And earlier this year, the Chinese government established a giant panda national park, which spans Sichuan, Gansu, and Shanxi, which are the only three provinces where pandas are found naturally. And right now, there are 1,864 pandas in the wild, up from 1,000 114 pandas 40 years ago, according to Chinese government data. And then, Sun, you visited a number of panda reserves in December, right? What did you see? Yeah, that was a really great trip. I was in Sichuan in, in December, uh, looking at uh, some of the panda reserves in, in um, the province. And I think one of my biggest takeaways was really, as you said, how much the, the Chinese have learned and progressed in terms of the science of, of panda conservation and breeding. And I think in some ways even exceeded, uh, you know, their, their Western scientists. Um, I think zoos around the world, as you said, you know, still um, artificially inseminate pandas in order to breed them, uh, you know, because it's so challenging to, to get these animals to reproduce. To give some context, you know, there's only a very short window, about 24 to 72 hours a year, uh, where the panda female is fertile. And so basically, you know, you've got to get the animals to do the deed um, during that time. But... You know, panda reserves in, in China have now got such a good understanding of panda behavior, you know, how their hormone levels change, you know, what, what sort of um, mating behaviors they exhibit um, and so on, you know, that they've done away with with, with um, artificial insemination and, and you know, know the, the sort of exact time where they can put the pandas together and get them to breed uh, naturally with a very high rate of success. Another thing is that, you know, in some cases where pandas have twins, in the, in the wild, basically one cub dies because the mother only has enough nutrition or energy to care for one cub. And so she chooses one uh, of the babies, you know, one of the cubs uh, to raise. But, you know, the, these Chinese reserves have worked out how to get two cubs to survive, you know, basically by, by sort of constantly switching the two cubs with their mother so they all get a, a little bit of milk. That's really remarkable. And you were also telling me about some of the pandas that were born in the US and returned to China, right? 
Yeah, I, I, um, over here they're, they're called haiguis. It's the same term that the Chinese have for Chinese people who were educated abroad and then returned to China. Um, one of them I saw was, uh, Bebe, who, um, you know, returned from the National Zoo, uh, in, in DC three years ago. Uh, Bebe, whose, whose name means, um, treasure, you know, was jointly named by both, both, uh, first ladies of, of the US and China. Uh, at that time, I was, uh, Michelle Obama and uh, Peng Liyuan. For quite a long time, you know, after he returned to China, um, Bebe, unlike all other pandas, had a dedicated, you know, panda keeper looking after uh, its needs. And, uh, you know, how Bebe sort of uh, acclimatized to living um, back in China, you know, was, was really well uh, documented. You know, and just seeing how um, Bebe was, was treated really sort of gave me an idea of how important uh, U.S.-China relations are to Beijing. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Unfortunately, and maybe unsurprisingly, the whole issue of pandas has been affected by recent tensions between China and the West. And in the US, some critics have questioned whether the pandas are being used to soften China's authoritarian image. And in February, there was even a bill in the House taking aim at the current practice of panda diplomacy. Specifically, the lawmakers were unhappy that panda cubs born in the US must be sent back to China within a few years. And it was a resolution expressing the sense of the House of Representatives that, and I quote, any giant panda born in the United States should belong to the United States. And the resolution also called for the U.S. to seek the coordination of its allies to establish collaborative giant panda breeding programs. And this took place at a time um, when China was hosting the Winter Olympics, which was controversial in America, which, as we remember, carried out a diplomatic boycott. Now, this resolution didn't go anywhere, and critics said that it would harm panda conservation efforts. But I think the bill just goes to show that, you know, nothing is unaffected by U.S.-China tensions, not even something like pandas. So Denson, I'm curious, what's it like in China? No, well, because pandas have become such a national symbol, you know, that the, the Chinese sort of identify with, they've, they've become intimately concerned with what happens to these animals in zoos abroad. For example, Mei Xiang, the 23-year-old panda uh, in DC's National Zoo, uh, when she gave birth to Xiao Qiji, um, netizens, you know, scolded the government, the Chinese government, for allowing the Americans to artificially inseminate her. You know, they compared the, the aged panda to, to their grandmothers, for instance. You know, in human years, Mei Xiang, uh, who also happens to be Pepe's mother, uh, would be in her 60s. So, and also, you know, images of pandas who look skinny and malnourished also uh, regularly, I think, go, go viral on Chinese social media. And Chinese nationalists, you know, accuse Beijing of profiting at the expense of these animals, you know, by loaning them out for, for you know, these, these sort of hefty loan sums. Uh, you know, they, they, they accuse them of, you know, as they, as they say, eating buns soaked in panda blood. That's so graphic. So would you say, Denson, that should tensions get worse, there could be increasing public pressure on Beijing to stop loaning pandas out, you know, sort of limiting their use as diplomatic tools? Yes, I, you know, I think that could very well be the case, you know, which I think would be a very big loss for China. Well, thank you, Denson. That nicely wraps up our chat. You've been listening to Powerplay, and I'm Carissa Yong. And I'm Denson Chung. Do check out our bylines in the Straits Times online. We also have links in our podcast text description below. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. 
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.